Hi, I'm Sean Nolan, and this is what I'm grateful for today. As lockdown lifts on July 19th, I'm sitting down with my friend and frequent guest, Abby, to talk about what we're grateful for having learned and experienced since the UK's lockdowns began in March 2020. Hi, Abby. Hello, Sean Nolan. You are the only person that's actually been on each season of this show. I realised earlier on, you're in the first one, you're in the second one, and you're in the third (laughs) one. But this is your first time you've been in an episode just on your own the whole time. On my own. So blessed to be here. Thank you. Blessed and excited. How have you been? What have you been up to? Um, So I've recently started a new job and I've moved to London. So I've actually been very busy over the last month. Um, but all is well, all is well. Um, just learning how expensive to live in London it is. Mm. Um, but it's all good. I'm enjoying every second. Good, good. How are you? I am fine, thank you. I have been chilling and relaxing, really. I mean, I've been easing into life well now that it's the summer. I feel a bit more relaxed than I have done over the past six months of my life, which is nice. But... I won't lie, I do have a bit of lockdown easing anxiety, what do I call it, reopening anxiety is what they're calling it. I am quite concerned for next Monday. Um, I'm intrigued to see how other people feel about it, because in my head, Mm. I'm like, gosh, everyone's going to go rabid. I mean, Wembley last week was was a good example of that, perhaps. But then I'm thinking maybe everyone has the same mentality as me and you know they're not going to be so quick as to drop their guard Mm. I think it will go one of two ways it will be exactly that people will just go mental because they can get out or people will take their time to ease back in and I think it really depends person to person it'll be interesting to see like what clubs are going to put in the measures that the government have recommended because I think if they do that less people will go but if because at the minute obviously it's just a guidance if they don't do it then obviously any Tom Dick and Harry can go to the club so I mean hopefully it will just be a couple of weeks of madness and then everyone kind of settles back down but also you have to remember like people still like full-time working and stuff like it's not like we can not everyone's on furlough or anything anymore like that so it's not like people are going to be going out like Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. That's true. That's true. But then you wonder if it's going to be more concentrated as a result. Who's Mm. to say? But instead of being negative, today we're going to talk about things that are positive to do with this. And because the 19th of July is in the week following this episode going out, I wanted to talk about things when looking back on COVID, which is a really weird way to phrase it, that we are grateful for having experienced. Obviously, COVID has not gone anywhere yet, but the concept of lockdowns as far as the government is concerned, is gone forever. Mm. I mean, as far as they're concerned, it's never going to come back. So we're looking back on the time of restrictions, which have been in Mm. place consistently now since last March. Um, Things we're grateful for. So, Abby, we're going to start with you, I think. What is the first thing that you're feeling grateful for having happened to you and lessons you're grateful to have learned over the past, however long now, 18 months or so? So one of the first things I think I was grateful for is... I guess a reminder that you don't always have to 
you know be going to a restaurant or be going out to the clubs like we were talking about or places that obviously we could not get into for a long time to have fun or to see your friends it definitely enlightened me into new ways of communicating with people and meeting up with people obviously restrictions allowing that still made you happy and I think you know a lot of people were throwing around that phrase that phrase the new normal and that's something that we had to develop and I'm grateful that I am genuinely a glass half full person I kind of was able to take that new normal and run with it rather than that completely taking over my life and thinking okay well if I can't see my friends here then you know I can't see them at all it was definitely a lot of adapting let's say and I think that's one of the interesting things that will be interesting to see when like freedom day comes whether people will switch back to what it was before whether we'll still stick to you know going around to people's gardens and going for walks with people because even though we don't have to do that anymore I found it really enjoyable and I know a lot of people did and I know that it kind of links to one of your ones um of being able to see people mm. um that kind of you know seeing people in a different setting in a different environment kind of gave you a more deeper connection with people I think in that mm. way I think I learned you saying about whether we'll go back to things or not I learned a lot of there's a routine I now have to seeing some people that matches what we could do during lockdown. My friend Savannah, for example, and I, we go for a walk once a week and we have done that consistently since the start of COVID and we still do it now. Um, mm. And that's kind of one of the only times we see each other most of the time, because she's normally working and I'm normally busy. Um, so I don't know if that's ever going to change with some people. And my instinct is to go and do things that are within the COVID guidelines. So I am wondering when that's going to change. The only thing I'm looking forward to changing when it comes to that perspective of things or realm of things is group meetups. I'm looking forward to seeing people in groups again. But then again, I don't ever really meet up with people more than more than six people at once, I suppose. Um, mm. But I'm looking forward to maybe that being more socially acceptable, I guess, or, or feeling more comfortable in my bones. But it's funny you saying about it, not letting it take over your life, because that's definitely a lot to do with, I think, what people were doing in March 2020 in their lives. Because I didn't leave the house between the week before lockdown. And I think I worked out the other day, it was the last week of June or the first week of July. So for months yeah. and months, I literally didn't go to the shops. I went for about five walks in that whole time that was about it and as a result covid has forever felt it's like life is on pause it's yeah. been really difficult to feel like my normal life is still continuing it still feels like when i'm double vaccinated that could be my idea of a personal freedom day i suppose or any yeah. sense of normality um so it's funny to hear you say that you, you've managed to just adapt to the situation and not really question it especially considering your life has changed so much over the past year. Because <laughs> That's what my, I was just thinking. Because in my head, the reason I feel like that is because my life has changed from every single angle I look at it at, but then so is yours. And you don't feel that yeah. same way. And, and I wonder why that is. I think, I think it's interesting to look almost at the three lockdowns and the change that happened within those three lockdowns. Like lockdown one was the worst, 100%. Like I was working from home doing long days and that was when everyone was on furlough and I just felt like like it was just awful like I'd never worked from home before that concentrating for that amount of time and kind of not having 
the office environment where you could turn to your friend and chat for 10 minutes like it was just very taxing on my mental health like really bad um and not being able to obviously like at the beginning of lockdown like you said we really didn't see anyone didn't go for walks or anything um so that was the worst and then lockdown two um was less I went back to uni for lockdown two then we went into I think maybe because I went into lockdown first lockdown then when I was in Sheffield we were in remember when they did the tiers we were in tier four Mm. so it kind of felt like I was never out of lockdown I guess I didn't have that jumping back and forth like everyone else did and then lockdown three I just kind of that was when I definitely kind of came into my own and was like look this is this is what life is how can we look at this and kind of make the most of it and I was back in Sheffield and I'm very lucky to be to Sheffield is such a green city that there were so many like open parks and stuff um, and like places that had popped up for takeaways and bits like that that it was really okay and I, I don't I don't know I guess it links into my second one obviously we'll cut we'll do yours first but the idea of like that gave me the time to reflect and kind of see what I wanted out of life and mold with it mm. I don't know it's funny because my lockdowns experience was the complete opposite. Lockdown one was absolutely fine to me. I wouldn't have questioned it, didn't hate it or anything. I found it quite almost enjoyable in a strange sense. It just got boring by the end, but wasn't traumatizing. Lockdown two was just difficult. Lockdown three was truly Worst. traumatic, hard to shake for the rest of my life kind of drama. Um, yeah. So it's funny how it differs. But talking about you saying about finding happiness and comfort, um, the first thing that I'm feeling grateful for today is kind of discovering what happiness means to me. And I would say I would only would have discovered that in myself with such a negative experience during lockdown three and such a difficult time. Only then mm-hmm. can you really stop to think about what makes you happy. And I have spent a lot of time reflecting on the past year, obviously. I mean, this podcast is basically that <laughs> on paper, but um, I have spent a lot of time thinking about the past year. And especially as things reopen, what made me happy pre-COVID? And I sat and thought about that a lot. And then I'm thinking, does that still make me happy now? And in many respects, yes, I suppose, but definitely not to the same degree. The happiness shift in my head has has changed. And I would say, to put it in a more literal sense, for a very long time before COVID, uh, pretty much everything I derived my happiness from came from a sense of achievement, goal reaching, everything like that. Now that doesn't even really put too much interest in my head. I mean, it does bring me joy, but I don't crave it in the same way. What I crave now is the joy I get in exchanges with others, which is reflected, I suppose, in pretty much everything I'm going to be grateful for today, which is to do with connections with others and reconnecting with others and enjoying the time with other people. Um, But the point I'm making here is that happiness is not always from the same part of life, can change and there's more dimension to life than I ever thought there was before COVID. And I only realise that now in retrospect. It's like the rose-tinted glasses coming off and learning that actually there are different elements and like facets to life that I hadn't really appreciated before that can bring you joy equal, if not more than... What you thought you made you happy. Yeah. Yeah. I'm looking forward to pursuing that in a post lockdown world at least and a post-covid world eventually um and realigning that i find that difficult i don't find it easy i don't wake up and think oh that makes sense in my head i can readjust to that and i have found it very rocky and i still do find it rocky but baby steps in a way it's like rebirth that's how i feel about lockdown easing (laughs) maybe different to how 
you feel having said that you don't feel like your whole life was taken over by it my life does feel completely taken over by it and I do feel like I'm going through a sense of like rebirth like as a whole new person on again yeah and I know I'm not the only person I know there are many people that I've spoken to in my life who have said about feeling really weird at the moment about every element of their life and I'm like look I can reason with you here that I've worked out it is because you are going into the world again as a person that you never were before which is very very weird when in time do you ever become a new person and then have to re-emerge from the house you know you normally it happens gradually with life continuing around you it's very strange for it to happen while life is basically on pause but I think that's another thing to be grateful for like this is a very unique experience that we probably don't realize what we've got from it now even though we can look back and think you know we're grateful for this and we're grateful for this there's probably a lot of things that we're grateful for that we won't realize for quite a long time until we look Mm. back at that time and think god during that time i this this and this happened and you know maybe this although it's been really hard for you maybe this is something you just needed to go through to become a, a new person and start this new life and maybe that's the kick that you need to be like look my life has been on pause for this amount of time I now want to achieve this this and this and I'm not going to waste time doing it because I've had life on pause for a year and a half yeah totally I agree with that completely I mean let's spin on to the next thing you're feeling grateful for because it does link into what we said at the beginning from your point and the next one um talking about yourself and working on yourself and stuff yeah so one of the massive things that I'm grateful for is that COVID gave me the time to reflect and I guess in the sense you look back and what, what made you happy I look back and thought what made me unhappy and thought yeah, I was very much I think I've talked on this podcast before and I mean when me and Leanne talked about it like being so set on one path um, mm. and then I went through a big realization of that's not the path that I wanted to go down and basically had to relearn what I wanted to to do and what I wanted to be um and COVID gave me that time to think okay you know what what is it that I don't want to be and actually you don't have to have everything figured out right now like I have this new job but that's not the be all like this isn't the job that I want for the rest of my life but this is the job that fits me in my life right now and I think before I was so set on having a career and even though I can have a career in this job if I wanted to it's not that's kind of not what I want now and COVID gave me the time to reflect and, you know, I'm, I really struggled with my anxiety and it took me the time to just kind of slow down and think, well, you've been going through life at such a pace, just take a second. And I just did all this work. You know, I know everyone talks about it, like the journaling and, you know, the mindfulness and what you're grateful for, but truly it made a real difference to the way that I lived life and the way that I was able to manage stress and, in situations and I now find it very helpful you know even starting this new job this week's been really busy but I have those tools in my belt now and that gave me the time to get those tools and to learn those tools whereas if I was at normal university going you know we would go out like every night I would I would never have had that opportunity at all to learn those skills and to take that breather and just to reflect on who I was in myself yeah I agree with you about pacing especially I think this past year everything being on pause for such a long time makes you realize that life is really long but also life is sorry life is really short but life is also quite long 
and that mm. uh, you don't have to do everything as quickly as you think you do. And that I think I said in a previous episode, maybe last week or even the week before, I've really tapped into leading by instinct, which is something I never yeah. used to do. I used to lead by what I thought was right and then just make myself adjust to that accordingly. And what I've learned is that I will be so much more comfortable and happy if I just lead by instinct where I can. Um, and that to me has a lot to do with kind of listening to yourself, as you say, what you're grateful for and and tapping into the fact that we have time and that you don't have to rush through everything to prove a point. I don't really know why exactly. I was ever doing it before, yeah. for whatever reason it was happening before, but that it's nicer to take your time, pace yourself and experience it, I suppose, where possible. Sometimes yeah. it's horrible. And especially over the past year has not been enjoyable. I've wanted time to rush by very quickly. <laughs> But I do, I have come to learn thinking about it in a really kind of pared down kind of way. What I've said to myself recently is that if a bad day feels long, it's the same length of time as a good day could be. So that Mm -hmm. you experience a long bad day in the hopes that you'll experience a long good day in the not too distant future. Yeah, that's so true actually. And I think it links to like the whole happiness thing that we've talked about in terms of like looking at what makes you happy and kind of taking that and running with it and doing like you said running with instinct and knowing okay at this moment in time this makes me happy so I'm going to continue to do this rather than you know we've talked about before like doing stuff for the sake of it and I've never been one to do stuff for the sake of it so I guess I still I still don't really but if it feels right in that moment and that's what makes you happy then that's what you need to do and in a similar vein and something that I've learned recently is also I think because I moved to London, I was I just want to do this, 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 and this. And now I've kind of reached that burnout point, which I always have. It's also taken that moment to think, okay, yes, you can do all these things, but you also need to kind of factor in that rest time as well. Completely. And I think and I think that's what yeah, and think that's what's going to be different about everything reopening is that everyone's going to rush to do everything when they can. And we all maybe need to just have that thing in the back of our heads thinking, just keep that balance of you know, doing some things, but then taking a break and having that time, you know, a night in and then going again because we ha- we can't run on steam. Completely. Totally agree with you. Talking about getting back to doing things, the next thing that I'm feeling grateful today is to do with people and with seeing people. And that's been spending time. I don't know. How to, I think the best way to phrase this really is saying spending time with people in the broadest term but what I mean by that is spending focused time with people, especially because COVID only really allowed you to do one-on-one interactions for quite a while. <laughs> spending time with people and really understanding the relationship that I have with them. And over yeah. the past kind of 18 months of my life during COVID, I have definitely become a lot less close with some of the closest people in my life. At some points, mm-hmm. don't talk to them at all anymore. Uh, and on the flip side, become very close with people I never knew before COVID started. Um and that's really been, was jarring at first. And I'm actually incredibly grateful for having happened because it's highlighted the, it's highlighted for me the importance in an actual close connection with other people, which is, as I said at the beginning, something I'm really grateful for thanks to COVID. Uh, and, and it's something that makes me really happy, I think as a result of having spent so much time focusing on it. But now I feel like the friendships that I maintain mm-hmm. and water and help to grow are ones that are actually valuable in my life and actually add joy to it I used to have so many friends I think that didn't 
do anything for me. It was just kind of people to see and maybe numbing loneliness and people to talk to, especially when you're at school and stuff, that's so standard. But I feel like now I'm only holding friendships that actually mean something to me. And that almost gives you more value in a way. Yeah. And loads of friends. Sides to myself. And I don't know, just, I always, I always feel like I leave seeing people now feeling enriched. Whereas I think before I was, the noise of interactions with others was so loud. I didn't leave them feeling enriched. I sometimes left just feeling drained or depleted. Mm. And I never realized it really until looking back on it. Whereas now having spent focused time with random people, I mean, especially during lockdowns, I made a thing where I was like, I'm going out every single day with another person. I'm going for a walk every day with somebody. And it would get to the point where I'd be like, I'm going to text this person I haven't seen in two years and I'll go for a walk with them. Um, But that was so valuable to me and kind of learning what, why am I keeping up this friendship or why am I not keeping up this friendship? And yeah, I've enjoyed that. And I think that's been really important for me because I do believe that the people you surround yourself with are reflections of yourself. And so in a similar way to what you said, it is a bit like working on yourself. It is learning who are the people I surround myself with and invest my time in and hold conversation with because most of my thinking happens in conversation with other people so who am I learning from you know yeah no I I think I was the same although I think although you reached out to quite a few people and then saw those people I think now I look back I think there was only a select few people who I continually saw kind of on a is it a roster is that what it's called yeah I suppose (laughs) I've actually never used that word in a sentence I don't think um but definitely makes you realize like who you have those connections with and who you can I think it's very easy when you see people in settings like restaurants or whatever doing an activity to not kind of have that deeper level of conversation but when you're quite literally one-on-one walking if you don't have things in common you're just walking in silence Mm. that was I I found that so difficult when we when people had to do that because I don't actually think as much as I make the point I've made here about finding the depths of relationships and things like that, I actually also don't think that all relationships have to be that deep. Mm-hmm. And that there are some friendships I have that felt really weird to go and walk with them all the time. Not really weird, but was odd. My friend Meg, for example, whose mum, Christine, was the one who initiated the idea of this podcast and was in an episode earlier on this season. Um, when I've, I normally go to their house on a Friday night and we'll watch the telly and we'll have dinner and stuff like that like it's a very casual doesn't always require conversation relationship so when we went walking we went on long walks it was a little bit odd because we weren't quite used to it and I would say that even when we continue to do we've never got used to it it's actually been a relief to go back to the old model of how we see each other from my perspective anyway that's no comment on our relationship but I don't think every friendship has to sustain yeah of walking together because it is a little bit that's not that's not how it's designed to be yeah exactly so and i also don't as you said about you know having things in common with people my idea of things in common is sometimes different to what other people think about things in common i was actually having a conversation about this the other day that i don't think similar interests are things in common in particular because i don't have too many friends that i talk about similar interests with there aren't too many Mm -hmm. friends i do that with uh it's mostly similar character which doesn't necessarily equal conversation. My friend Savannah and I are very similar. We get on really, really well and we go walking for two hours every week. We can sustain conversation for that entire time and more, but we have nothing really in common. 
We can just talk yeah. for that long. We just have that ability to talk for that long. Whereas Meg and I, who I was just talking about, actually have quite a lot in common, but feel much more comfortable doing an activity together than we would do mm-hmm. necessarily having focused conversation. I don't know her perspective on that, but that's mine. But I'm grateful for having kind of learned that about the friendships and seeing where they sit in my life and and different friendships obviously serve you in different ways. Not that friendships are just about yeah. serving you, but equally I've learned that I serve friendships in different ways as well. And the reverse, like I play a part in the other people's lives in unique ways as well. And that's been really nice. For sure, for sure. We're running a bit funny on time now. So let's skip on to the final thing we're grateful for. And we're actually really similar on this one, aren't we? Because you yeah. are grateful for the opposite of what I'm grateful for. It probably links <laughs> yeah. in pretty well to what I've just said. So why don't you say what you're feeling grateful for? I'll chip in with what mine is as well. We can just have one big discussion about it to finish off. Yeah. So I was going to say, um, and like we were talking about ideas for what I was grateful for before this podcast. And Sean mentioned that I've lived in three places um, through lock. Well, kind of three I moved oh yeah when did I I moved before Covid no so I moved in the January yeah you moved house at home before Covid while you were still living in Sheffield for university then you bounced back and forth through all the lockdowns yeah and then you've moved to London yeah so technically I've almost lived in four places because I moved in the January and then COVID happened in the March, so I was in the new, and I think that was another thing why lockdown one was very difficult, because I was in a brand new house, and anyone who knows me knows that we lived in my old house for a very long time, very iconic house, and I've lived there since I was born, it was literally like my, it was my home, so to be in a new place when, you know, no furniture shops were open, no, we couldn't decorate, like we literally couldn't do anything, we were just stuck in this empty house that wasn't ours, well, it was ours, but like it didn't feel like ours. Mm. So that was why it was hard. But then obviously went back to Sheffield. And when I went back for the third lockdown, so in January, I my flatmate didn't return. Um, and it was just I just lived with one other person. So I was very panicked. It was a big conversation that I had with my parents, like whether I could manage being on my own. Because it's not just like you live on your own, obviously you see loads of people because you know, we were in lockdown. I wasn't going to see lots of people. It was literally going to be me, myself and I in this flat. Um, so it was a big conversation that I had with friends and family, whether I could manage this. Um, and it kind of links into what I was saying before that it gave me the time to work on myself. And I kind of did all that work in the September lockdown. So by the time it was January, I kind of, it was almost a test to see, you know, can you put all that work that you've done to the test and see if you can live on your own? And I, I absolutely loved it and I really enjoyed kind of spending that time on my own um and I you know every day I would make sure I it takes a lot of self-motivation I think when you live on your own to make sure you get out of the house make sure you see other people um to make sure you're you know eating right so it's a lot it almost makes you grow up in that sense of you know you, you are responsible for yourself these are the things you have to do are you and and some people like you're going to talk about just don't like being on their own and not built to be that kind of person and Mm. I think that's you know it's literally either way and I thought I used to be that kind of person until I did it and I was like actually do you know what I love it and I think one of the things I was nervous about when I was moving to London because I moved in with two other people was whether I could go back to living with people because I've become so used to living on my own um so I'm still I I absolutely love living on my own and I think if I didn't live in London, I lived in Ellsbury, then I could do it, but I would be too, too scared that I would get 
you know, burgled or something on my own. I don't think I'm quite at that stage where I could do it in London. So it's quite nice to have housemates, but definitely in Sheffield, I absolutely loved it. And I think I'm definitely grateful for knowing that I have that capability within me um, and knowing that I like my own company enough that if it happens, if, if I'm, not, I'm not seeing people for a while, like it's fine. But also on the flip side of that, just because you can live in your own company doesn't mean you always have to. I think that is quite nice to what you were going to say. Yeah, or you should. Yeah, I mean, my, in complete opposition to that, the final thing I'm feeling grateful for today is something I have discussed on this show many times before. And that is how in the past year of my life, I've come to realise that I very much do not like my own company and being on my own, which to people who knew me before kind of the pandemic is bizarre because I would go weeks Mm -hmm. on end without seeing other people besides my grandma, who I live with. Um, and I would go and do everything on my own. I'd intentionally go and do activities on my own. I'd go out for the day on my own. I mean, at one point I went on a holiday on my own. I really would do anything alone. And the pandemic has completely flipped that on its head for me. And it might not just be the pandemic. It might be the way my life has changed and everything else. But I really don't like being on my own. And actually, if I spent a whole day on my own now in the house... I'm terrible by the end of it. Like I can't let two days go on that like on in the row because I just end up feeling absolutely I go war I almost feel like I've just got such bad cabin fever. I get really bad cabin fever now. Um, which is funny because it never used to happen. And when I first started to realize I felt like that, I thought it was a really negative thing. And I thought it was mm. horrible. And I thought, gosh, I used to be so good in my own company. Why can't I do it now? And what I've come to learn as I've stopped and thought about it more is that A. I don't know if I ever did enjoy it as much as I thought I did. I think I just stomached it because I thought it was the right thing to do, which, as I might have said a few times in even just this episode, I've come to realise in the past year, it was something I was doing for myself a lot, telling myself to do something and then just convincing myself I was okay with it. But I also don't think having a desire to be around others is a negative thing at all. all, I think the reason I feel it at the moment in my life is because when I'm around others, I feel so much more like myself. I feel very settled. I see myself maybe in the reflection of others a lot more than I do in on myself at the moment. I don't know if that's probably the way my life is being led right now or what I'm doing in it. I definitely feel more myself when I went away as a group, you know, me, you and Kyle and Leanne, for example, or when I'm with yeah. Ryan or when I'm with family or when I'm this. I always feel more like myself in those moments at the moment. Uh, how many times can I say moment in the space of five minutes? <laughs> but being on my own I just don't vibe with it anymore just don't vibe that's with it fine. yeah and it's fine I think I feel pretty good about that and I'm grateful to have learned that being around others is a good thing that is yeah. actually really enjoyable and the experiences the more comes out of an experience when sharing it with somebody else my um I went to the theatre recently with my friend Amy went to the National Theatre together for the day went out for dinner in the middle a day that I would typically do on my own I've done those days on my own hundreds of times, literally, in the past few years of my life. But doing it with somebody else made it 10 times more enjoyable. Everything about mm-hmm. it was so much more enjoyable. And it has made me think that... It, funny, I was saying earlier on about what makes you happy and going back to things that once made me happy pre-COVID. Going to the theatre all the time obviously used to make me so happy. Since the theatre has come back, I've gone twice, three times, and I'm not craving to do it as much. And I'm when I am going to go and do it again, I'm actually really interested in just doing it with other people and and pan-selecting those experiences. I know I spoke about this actually probably in my episode with Chaya two weeks ago. So I know I've spoken about this in more depth there. So I won't repeat myself. But um, yeah, 
all in all, I'm grateful to have learned that the company of others is actually really beneficial and very much enjoyable to me, which is in complete contrast to the final thing you're being grateful, <laughs> which is that company with yourself is enriching and really enjoyable. Yes, which is fine. Both is acceptable options. Totally, I agree. Well, I have heard the sound of my own voice for far too long. I'm sure everyone listening feels the same way, but I very much enjoyed <laughs> listening to your voice. Thank you oh, for talking to me today you. about lockdown things and stuff like that. I'm hoping that we only have one more episode this season, which I'm very excited about, but I'm hoping maybe later in the year when we come back for more episodes, we won't be talking about COVID so much. Oh, that would this be nice. some of the final mentions of COVID? Oh. Who's to say? I don't think we have no. any idea, but that would be lovely. That would be nice. And I hope everyone looks after themselves in the kind of days to come with freedom and remember, just take it at your own pace and look after yourselves. Completely. I agree with you. I second that. Well, thanks, Abs. Um, speak to you on the flip side. Speak to you on the flip side. Bye, everyone. If you enjoyed today's episode, you can subscribe or follow on Apple, Spotify, or wherever else you get your podcasts. Our theme music is by the joyous Emma Thorpe, our artwork is by the momentous M. Jenkins, and our producer is little old me. We'll see you next time for the final episode of the season.